Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast, the official source of audio accounts for the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. I'm Chaz Hathaway, author of Life in the Spirit World, What Near-Death Experiences May Teach About Life on the Other Side. Today's kind of a short one, but I think well worth sharing. Uh, This is from Enderf.org, and this is Barbara, who says, At around 1.30 or 2 a.m., I left my body and floated up to the hospital ceiling. I looked back down at myself and saw how pale I looked. I hadn't realized how ill I was. Then I remember seeing a very bright light. I did not exactly walk toward the light, but I was moving forward toward it somehow. Then I could see the nurse rush into the room and scream for the doctors. Yet this was all in French, and even though I didn't speak French, I knew what she was saying. I began to hysterically cry, begging not to be sent back, but to go to the light. Crying and crying, then all of a sudden, a calmness, as a voice spoke gently to me, like warm honey being poured over me, very warm and comforting, like I had never felt since then, came over me. This seemingly familiar voice held a long list of reasons why I had to return, yet I don't remember specifically any of these reasons. They all seemed trivial to me at the time, though. I could see a male figure with a very bright light behind him, so I couldn't make out exactly what he looked like. He spoke to me in very loving and he spoke to me very loving and gently, as if not to scare me, but to reassure me that all would be all right. Yet I only wanted to stay with him. Then I remembered seeing the hospital staff, several nurses and doctors. I remember seeing them as if from above, because I remember seeing that the doctor had a bald spot on the top back of his head. The doctor said to me, Barbara, it isn't your time to uh, it isn't your time to go. You have to come back to us. He kept calling my name and I remember turning away from the shadowed man in the light and looked toward the doctor. Then, as if all of a sudden, I was again in my body and felt the pain of being bagged. There was pain in my chest from the resuscitation. I only wanted to go back there, where it was so peaceful and was quite angry at being brought back. That's the end of the experience. And this one is an interesting illustration of something that comes up sometimes, is this double attention, or sometimes more than two uh, attention places. But uh, here she is both she floats up to the ceiling and then she remembers seeing a bright light and going toward it and then she says then i could see the nurse rush into the room and it's kind of like wait a minute so were you did you appear back in the room or what you know you could see you know or were you seeing at a distance she's not entirely clear but i'm under the impression that she's seeing both at the same time because she says she could hear the them speaking French and could understand the French, even though she doesn't speak French. And then she's crying and begging, please, please let me go to the light. 
and begging that uh, she might stay in this light. And it's interesting also that uh, she is, you know, she first says that she could see a male figure with a very light, bright, or yeah, bright light behind him. So I couldn't make out exactly what he looked like. And it's unclear um, often how this is playing out. Is this a silhouette? Is this somebody that's kind of a reverse silhouette, like they're completely white and then, you know, there's this glow around them as well? This, in this situation, it looks like this is some kind of silhouette. And uh, I doubt that it's blackness where they are, but I suspect it's like when you see a tree against the sunset, the tree looks lit up too, um, but it's just slightly dimmer than the background. I get the impression because she says, I remember turning away from the shadowed man, and shadowed sounds like silhouette rather than, you know, a person that's so lit up that they are just light, if you will. Interesting. But then again, she says that uh, she could hear the doctor say, it isn't your time. She could see the bald spot in the back of his head. And meanwhile, she's also in this light, um, talking with this being who is very gently trying to persuade her to come back, trying to tell her all the reasons why she needs to come back. I don't see, think she's, um, I don't know, is she by locating? Is she, you know, flipping back and forth? I've heard a lot of people say that um, your location or where, what's going on is based on your focus, where you're putting your focus, where you're paying attention to. How does that work? I have no idea. I, how can you be in two places at once or more? Um, and another possible part of this is that time is not a thing. And people talk about there being a chronology of events, but there not being a particular amount of time passing during that uh, each particular event. And that doesn't seem to make sense to us, but that's because we're locked in a world of time. There's no way around it. We, you know, everything takes an amount of time. And even in situations of, say, when you're having a sleepless night and you have no idea how much time is passing. I think that's only the slightest glimpse of what it must be like on the other side. Because people say, it could have been five seconds or five years. I can't tell. And I'm like, well, how can you not tell? If only by the number of things that you did. And Some people can guess based on how, all the things that happened. They'll say, you know, based on all the events it had to be months, you know, and yet they say, but, you know, I was only gone for two minutes, you know, according to the doctors, so, you know, I don't know what that means. And others, they'll say, it felt like, I mean, I think, did she, was she the one that said, or was it yesterday's, I can't remember, I record more than one per day often, so um, I often get them confused with each other, but uh, um, the one saying that she felt like she spent a lifetime in this blackness while, you know, before the light appeared. And I'm like, what were you doing for an entire lifetime? I mean, were you just floating there and thinking, thinking, hmm, so this is cool. Um, 
were you doing puzzles in your head, telling yourself riddles, stories, making up? You know, if I was stuck in darkness, say, say paralyzed on a bed for a lifetime, okay, and was awake for most of that, even if only 12 hours a day, you will say, well, I'm still going to be thinking about stuff, and I'm still going to be processing and, and trying to uh, somehow make my situation livable. And usually there there's enough comfort that in these kind of situations where people don't feel, you know, troubled or traumatized by being in this blackness. But, I mean, a lifetime in blackness? What, what are you doing for all that time? And yet, I think part of it is just this whole timeless thing. It could be that any amount of time spent in the spirit world or even in the in-between stages um, or locations or whatever uh, could feel like a lifetime. It may just be that that's how it works. Everything feels like all time is passing. Just, you know, anyway. I don't know. It's, a, it's a, just a thought. But by location and time, this is an interesting uh uh, description of those things so anyway so if you would like to contact the podcast you can do so by either emailing neardeathexperiencepodcast at gmail.com or by calling 970-NDE-CAST you can also support the podcast by going to patreon.com slash NDE-CAST and becoming an ongoing monthly contributor or by purchasing the book Life in the Spirit World and all these shows that uh, all the shows from the past and everything can be found on neardeathexperiencepodcast.org. And thank you again, all of you, for listening.